This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Anyone who follows current events sees images of Israel that suggest a country defined by conflict and violence. Yet Israel has also made substantial contributions to the global marketplace in such industries as technology and medicine. The challenge for Israel going forward is to make the world more aware of its hospitable business environment. Marketing professor Yoram Jerry Wind and David Patrick, chairman and CEO of Red Eagle Ventures, talked with Knowledge at Wharton about steps Israel can take to improve its image. Our, our guests today are uh, David Patrick and Jerry Wind. David, uh, Jerry, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Delighted to be here. Uh, the, the question we want to talk about is Israel's marketing challenge. And uh, we are looking at it at two different levels. Uh, why don't we start with the first, which is, uh, what do you think is the challenge that Israel faces as a country in marketing itself to world opinion? Very often, people tend to think about Israel as a, as a region of conflict. Uh, what implications does this have for the business environment? Well, I think that um, if you look at news stories that are written about Israel, it's almost entirely about violence and conflict. There's almost nothing else that, let's say, here in America, we get to read, the average person gets to read about, about Israel. So when you have this overwhelming amount of information, which is about one topic, violence and conflict, that becomes your brand. That's what you're known for. It is a place of violence and conflict. And I think that um, Israel needs to tell a different story, um, but that's not an easy thing to do given the amount of news that comes out about the violence and conflict. So it's got to be a really active, thoughtful, uh, committed campaign if they're going to move their image beyond that. Jerry, uh, what's your take on the challenge that Israel faces? I fully agree with Dave. And as a consequence of this, you have phenomena such as uh, a survey a few years ago was done uh, among um, 28,000 respondents in 28 countries uh, by the BBC, found out that Israel was the number one country with the most negative attitude toward them in terms of uh, primarily negative influence on the world, which is quite shocking. Uh, the only you know, kind of uh, good news about this, if one can look at this as such, is U.S. was the third. <laughs> so um, we're in good company. Unfortunately, Iran was the number two. But it's quite shocking that the, the outcome of this media coverage that Dave is talking about has led to these type of very negative perceptions of Israel and also led to boycott efforts in the U.K., for example, of uh, cultural exchange and university exchange with Israel. So I think it has huge implications uh, and has to be changed. Let me give you an example if I can just fill in one thing here. Um, my wife was selected to be in an opinion survey a few years ago. And the topic was, um, is there a bias in reporting between the Israeli point of view and the Palestinian point of view in the San Francisco Chronicle, which is where we live? And they showed pictures, photographs, and stories going back for several months to a theoretically objective audience. And what you had was an overwhelming 
amount of photo coverage of slain Palestinians with no photo coverage of slain Israelis. Now, there's lots of slain Israelis, but the Israelis don't publicize, don't show photos of the carnage that comes from rockets coming out of uh, out of um, uh, out of Palestinian positions out of Gaza. So, although I understand why Israel takes that approach, we need to be realistic about the nature of the coverage and the photojournalism that shows these horrible photographs of the damage caused by Israeli military retaliation. Almost always retaliation, but it doesn't matter. It's not the visual that appears in, the, in, in newspapers around the world. Uh, based on what you both have said, it's clear that you know there are clearly negative perceptions about Israel as a country. What kind of uh, this brings us to the second question, which is what kind of marketing challenges does this create for Israeli companies that are trying to market their goods and services to the world because Israel has such a small domestic market? Well, I'll give you an example. Uh, I, I'm on the board of Intel. We are one of the major employers in Israel. And a few years ago, I went to Israel uh, to visit our factories, meet with our people, and meet with the venture capital community there that we support. Uh, I hadn't been to Israel in 30 years. Uh, so it was the last time. It was very long ago. Um, and I expected to see a state that was in a military lockdown because this was a few years ago when there was a lot of conflict going on. And what I found was a country that felt like the United States. I mean, I thought it was in New Jersey. It, 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 was, it was just same old, same old stuff, uh, a little more security in some of the, the, the hotels that, that you went into. But it wasn't in a state of lockdown or violence or people afraid to walk the streets, which is what you would think from the newspapers that you read. And so therefore, I, I believe that when companies who don't know better are thinking of doing business in Israel with Israeli companies, they worry about the security of the company. They worry about the security of their employees going to Israel. They start with a very big misconception of what it's like in Israel for people to do business with Israel. And I think this is a big burden, a huge burden. I, I fully agree with David. Actually, you can even think about not only investing in Israel, but even think about tourism and think about what universities do. Uh, it's uh, quite often that uh, universities follow the State Department um, requirement for or restrictions on travel, and then suddenly students cannot travel to, to Israel. So I think that this is a major problem. The other, the other aspect of the question is what does it do in terms of the ability of Israeli company to market around the world? And I think here the question is what type of industry and what type of markets you're dealing with. Um, I have not done a study on this, but I would hypothesize that in the high-tech area, uh, there won't be much of a problem because of the reputation and innovation of, uh, of Israel high-tech. And so in the medical area, when you move to consumer packaged goods and others where you require acceptance by wider audiences, I think that Israel company will face problems in countries where the image of Israel is very bad. 
especially if the kind of people who start seeing Made in Israel, and then suddenly they'll have all the images they saw on TV in terms of tanks versus the poor Palestinian kids. Um, the other area where there may be problems is in areas where it's government purchases. And if the government has a negative attitude toward Israel, this definitely may affect then the Israeli industries are trying to sell to these countries. So, Jerry, uh, what, what kind of efforts has Israel made to, to change this image? And to what extent have those efforts worked? Um, there are scattered efforts. Uh, there is uh, an office within the foreign ministry office in Israel that is focusing on brand Israel. And... Um, They uh, have had a uh, few initiatives. Typically, they are centered on some major kind of centers of population. They, have some, they had some few ads in New York. Uh, they're scattered. They're not organized. And they are not really never had the impact that's required. Uh, we have tried uh, over the years, especially through my involvement with the Interdisciplinary Center in Herzliya, to initiate a little more a systematic approach using more advanced approaches, especially when you start thinking about today in terms of social networking and how you can start influencing masses of people by having major presence of social network and the like. Um, but the receptivity to this has been mixed. Uh, what, what would be some of the reasons for that, Dave? Uh, what are the obstacles that Israel faces uh, in improving its public image and how can that be overcome? Because as you were saying earlier, Companies like Intel have actually uh, been pretty successful at the kind of work they've done in Israel. Well, I think Israel has to have a, a clear sense of what is the story we're trying to tell. I, I recently saw an ad that I think was for tourism in Israel and showed people running around the beaches and that kind of thing. I think that's a gigantic waste of money. I can't imagine that was going to work. Um, We need to mount an educational campaign. We need, to, we need to leverage PR, public relations. There needs to be stories told to reporters that are substantive stories about Israel, about what Israel is doing, about the good things Israel does. Israel even does good things in the Arab world. We, 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 we sell and lend and support technology transfer to Arab countries. There are a lot of things going on in the more enlightened Arab community to partner with Israel. These are the stories that need to be told. There needs to be a thoughtful effort that is f that whose foundation is much more public relations than advertising. And if anything, the advertising should follow the stories and reinforce the stories. But this notion that we're going to run ads about the beaches of Israel and show people having fun vacationing is is not well thought through and is a gigantic waste of money. So what would be some of the strengths uh, that Israel and Israeli companies should be talking about in this kind of a campaign? Well, first I agree with, uh, with Dave that uh, primarily advertising is not the solution, especially the type of ads they've been running. Um, I would add to the, the PR focus the need to engage, to create platforms to engage uh, more people to engage the companies, to engage uh, the, uh, the Israelis, uh, citizens. Uh, the, just think about the Israeli students in the U.S. It's a huge number. You know, if you engage all of them and start uh, communicating with friends and others using social networking techniques today, I think it can have a huge impact. 
Um, the problem, unfortunately, is that there is very little credibility for the government when they come with, with statements. So you need to, to start showing basically the impact of what Israel is doing. And I think if you can start showing the, how Israel is, has changed Israel itself, if you think about the, the enormous development there, if you can see the impact they've had on other markets, including the Arab countries and others, if you can show about the impact on medicine, medicine will be different with, without Israeli's uh, innovation in this area. Think about high tech. If you talk about the intel, you know, the, you know, the impact this has on every single person who uses computers today. Start focusing on the impact. You know, kind of there is, um, reminds me, there is a, a great marketing campaign recently, the Whopper Freakout, which is basically there. They took a, a store, a Burger King, and when people came and asked for Whopper, they said there's no more Whopper. And they videoed the reaction of people to the Whopper. What will happen if Israel did a day without Israel? How will the world look like without uh, the impact of Israel in, in high tech, whether it goes uh, in the, the computer area, the internet area, if you think about medicine, if you think about literature, if you just think about you know, the, the numerous number of Nobel Prize winners who are Jewish and related to Israel over the years, start emphasizing the good things. You know, move away from, you know, you know, kind of the, the current, you know, kind of absurd publicity that's there. And try also, at the same time, we cannot ignore the issue of the Palestinians. So we have to address it. And we have to address it fast and effectively. So when they're showing the, the kids being killed by Israeli attack, show the cause of this, what, what led to this. Show the, you know, the, this was not arbitrary, just attack on the Palestinians. This was in response and then show it. So we need a much faster response. But then we have to change the base and start telling the stories that people will be able to relate to. I think uh, picking up on what Jerry said, in a sense what's needed is, is sort of two efforts. One is the positive storytelling. If you think about Israel as the model democracy in the Middle East and as a place that's exporting ideas and innovation to the world, you could build upon that as an example, as a foundation to tell the story of Israel, the, the, the model democracy of the Middle East. Everybody votes there, not just the Jewish population. Everybody votes there. The parliament, the Knesset has representation of every part of the, uh, of the of society. They all get together. They talk about what's good for everybody. The minority counts in that kind of a system. That story needs to be told. So there's a positive story. But the other part that also needs to exist is coming out of a political campaign. Every political campaign now has, has their sort of five-minute turnaround of news. If there's a bad news story, there's an immediate reaction. Bill Clinton really in, uh, built this in his early campaign, so there's a war room where they're dealing with negative stories, putting out their side of the story, changing the spin. Israel doesn't do that. Israel needs to have a PR focus to diffuse the negative stories and try to get their side of the story told. They're, they sort of talk to themselves. They're, they're, not, they're not sensitive to the importance of world opinion. So they, 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 they have positions uh, that are popular within Israel, and there's no thinking about how the rest of the world sees some of this stuff. And this war room has to be actually in every country. 
You cannot have it just centralized in Israel. It has to be in every country, in the local language, responding immediately, and with visuals. So they should get, Israel should have the, the war room in Israel, the, the same way they provide, you know, the military side provide the communication side, because they've been losing the communication war. And, and they have to understand how important this is. You know, for, for the cost of one jet, they could do all this. But the, and it's almost as important, because we're, we're definitely losing ro- the, the world opinion war, and it's getting worse and worse and worse, and they're getting more and more isolated, and that's very sad to see. There are some countries that have had problems with world opinion, uh, say, for example, India or China. Uh, they have very successfully leveraged platforms like the World Economic Forum in Davos uh, uh, to, to, to help change the perceptions of world opinion. Uh, has Israel t- tried such tactics, and uh, to what extent uh, and what has been the outcome? I'm not familiar with any, you know, serious uh, focused effort in Davos. I know a lot of Israeli politicians and few business people come to Davos, but it's not with a focus on trying to do it. But we can go actually kind of closer to home. You know, look at the problem of the U.S. in terms of the U.S. image around the world. And there is a group that I'm kind of under advisory board, the Business for Diplomatic Action, that's really trying to mobilize business to try to improve the U.S. image around the world. There is no such group in Israel. So definitely more can be done, but I think it has to be done by everyone. The government has to obviously to provide the information, the visuals, so we can provide the ammunition that you need. Businesses have to do it. Citizens have to do it. Students have to do it. We need a massive effort to try to change the current perception. Dave, you referred earlier to uh, telling positive stories. Uh, As far as companies go, uh, what are some of the experiences that international companies doing business in Israel have had? How have they leveraged Israel as part of their global strategies? Well, I think uh, Israel is an incredible center of, um, of innovation, especially in technology and medicine. Uh, and companies that are in those businesses know that uh, you would be f- simply foolish not to reach out and figure out whether Israel has something that you can leverage in your product set. There's a lot of B2B selling. Most of the products coming out of Israel are business to business. They become components or pieces or they get repped by other companies. And I think uh, if you talk to venture capitalists and and high-tech companies where I live in Silicon Valley, they would all tell you that they're going to Israel on a regular basis. They're meeting with uh, the business community there, trying to establish relationships to to see what kind of uh, uh, business opportunities there are. And and knowledgeable people in the world of high technology and medicine know that that's you can't avo- you'd be foolish to avoid Israel because their thinking and their innovation is is breakthrough and and among the world le- the world's leaders. So that story is told. That already happens today, and I don't think. Uh, Israeli companies who are selling business to business are really suffering very much because their reputation is that strong. What was Intel's experience like in Israel? <laughs> well, uh, 20-something years ago, <clears throat> Andy Grove went to Israel and hired four people to become a development lab for Intel. Today we have, I think, somewhere between six and 8,000 employees. Our uh, high, most high-tech uh, uh, products often come from Israel. Our head of technology is an Israeli who's now living in California. Uh, we have three or four factories scattered around 
around Israel. And so it is a very, very important part of our, um, our infrastructure at Intel. Uh, Jerry, any, any other examples of uh, successful Israeli companies that have done a good job of marketing themselves that other companies could learn from? I can't think of any Israeli company that uh, will serve as a role model for marketing, but I can definitely think about uh, numerous companies that, as Dave said, benefit from Israel technology. You know, Microsoft, you know, almost all, all major high-tech companies have presence in Israel today. And as we see increasing focus on open innovation among especially U.S. companies, but also other companies around the world, Israel is definitely part of the open innovation strategy. Um, so I, I don't think that this is going to uh, kind of change dramatically the, the topic we started with, which is the poor image of Israel as a country. Um, but I think we can leverage this in terms of getting to the masses, getting into the, the, the people who are kind of currently influenced only by the, the stories they see on TV, uh, if they'll know more about the impact of this high technology innovation and medical innovation. Um, but uh, in the marketing itself, uh, I cannot think about too many Israeli companies that are setting the kind of the pace. That, that may be a part of the challenge. Uh, I have one final question for each of you. Uh, let's assume that uh, uh, in, there's a fourth seat at this table uh, and that uh, Mr. Benjamin Netanyahu is sitting here. Uh, what advice would you give him about uh, improving the marketing of Israel? Dave? Well, I, I think that um, the Israeli leadership is pretty consumed with talking to themselves. And they almost feel to me tone deaf in terms of how they portray themselves to the world. Uh, I wouldn't say that of every one of the leaders, but perhaps the political climate there is so difficult and the coalitions that are formed are so difficult. But um, uh, it, it feels to me like um, there's not enough uh, concern about world opinion. It's sort of, this is who we are, take us or leave us. Uh, we're pretty wonderful, you should like us. That's not good enough. So what I, my advice would be the things we've talked about today. Pay attention to world opinion, believe that you can influence world opinion, and spend the time and money to accomplish that. It's worth it. It will make a difference. That would be my, my advice. Um, I think Dave's advice is terrific. I, I would suggest that he basically does three things. One is, uh, uh, in the government, appoint a, a czar, if you want to, uh, or a champion that will try to coordinate and provide the, the war room of communication uh, that will provide almost instantaneous information, especially visual, all over the world to anyone who wants to use it to try to counter the attacks on Israel. Two, to provide, a, to use his uh, incredible um, communication skills to communicate and affect uh, everyone in Israel to encourage them to engage in communicating. I don't think this government alone can solve the problem. So you have to encourage everyone, encourage the students who are everywhere around the world, encourage companies, encourage tourists who are coming to Israel, encourage everyone to start carrying the positive stories that Dave was talking about. And hopefully there'll be a link between the two initiatives uh, because they can have 
they provide the material, the information that they need for doing it. And third, I think he should, uh, uh, first of all, allocate some resources for this, you know, take the, the price of one jet, I think it's a great, great starting point, uh, and perhaps even establish the Prime Minister Award uh, for the best efforts in improving the image of Israel. Uh, Jerry, Dave, thank you so much for joining us today. This is an important topic. We appreciate the opportunity to contribute. Thank you, Mugul. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.